Welcome everybody to another edition of the Diablo Warrior Post Game Show. Coming to you live on this Sunday afternoon, late in the evening. Chiefs and Chargers on in the background. Coming to recap the loss from Friday night. Harrison Central 46-43 over the Warriors. Uh, Warriors had a valiant effort there in the fourth quarter to get it to where it was, you know, had their chance, needed one more stop, and just couldn't get it. Uh, early on, you know, the, the defense had their struggles, had a few troubles with the, uh, the spread pass attack of the uh, Red Rebels. And they just struggled at times, you know, and just couldn't couldn't get that stop that they needed in the you know in the first three quarters. Um, the Warriors made the comeback late in the game. They were down twenty five points, pulled within three, with about I want to say two minutes and some change left. Might even been closer to three minutes, and just couldn't get the stop. Harrison Central got it, you know, a couple first downs and ran. The, we used our timeouts, and it was all she wrote at that point. But uh, valiant, valiant effort on the on the Warriors. You know, we talked about needing to win these last three if we wanted to play anymore. Well, now it's getting to the point where we got to win the last. We have to. There's no gotta. There's no wish or nothing. If they want to play a playoff game. They have to beat St. Martin, then they have to beat Biloxi. It's that simple, okay? We got six teams. Two of them don't make it. So what does that mean, folks? That means you got to beat two. You got to beat the two at the bottom. You know, or two of them that will finish below you is what you have to do. So big game coming up Friday night at St. Martin, 7 p.m. start. Um. We're going to come back with a few little tidbits here on the scoreboard portion, but I want to just talk about some of the guys from Friday nights that had a great game. Kevin Rogers, been a tremendous uh, leader and player throughout the whole season. He went 20 rushes for 121 yards and two touchdowns. Connor Jones was 3 of 5 for 27 with a touchdown pass and one touchdown run. Had a little sneaky four-yard touchdown and quarterback sneak there, I believe, in the third or the fourth. It might have been in the fourth quarter. They had been getting, getting close and running speed and uh, tackle uh, kind of like a, a cross-buck action, something like that. And then, you know, we're in the press box right next to their coaches and Coaches are just calling the plays nonstop, just yelling, you know, what they're expecting it to be, kind of. And I just remember they kept calling uh, jet, you know, sweep, 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 sweep. And then Connor just took the old snap and went right up, right in the A-gap for about a four-yard touchdown run. A little quarterback sneak. Um, Andre Crosby, 17 carries, 75 yards, two touchdowns. In a two-point conversion. He also had one catch for seven yards. TJ Jasper, your other part of the three-headed monster there, 12 carries, 58 yards. And the one touchdown reception was Keely and Stepter. He had a couple good kickoff returns, and then he also had a 14-yard TD reception. I believe it was score, the second score of the game for the Warriors. 
And then also we had an interception on de- defense was led, of course, tackles by Malcolm Gowdy at 13 tackles. And then Jimmy Jackson had an interception on the defense. So two bright spots on the defense. Like I said, just didn't have enough. Those first three quarters, we were playing from behind. I mean, it was either we were – we were staying with them. We knew we had to outscore them. We were staying with them, score for score. And then once we they got their their defense stopped us and forced us to punt, and then we started getting behind the eight ball a little bit, and it just kind of snowballed from there until that fourth quarter. So um, we're going to bring you a few more tidbits here after the break. Then we're going to talk about the uh, scoreboard show from this week. And kind of look at, kind of dive into what the region, you know, four seven a, and some of the other. I'm gonna try to dive into some of the other ones as well, but I'm gonna stick to the one that we're tied in with. But region four seven a, um, we'll give that kind of standings list, and then we'll. We're, I'm gonna try to get Coach Lander here on the phone here soon. Hopefully, there met. That's a that's a to be decided at the moment. And then we'll come back at the end and talk a little bit about what we're expecting to see from St. Martin and uh, what's going to be coming up this Friday night, y'all. Stay tuned. I appreciate it. If you're looking for that special bottle of wine for that romantic dinner, all the ingredients to make cocktails for the best party ever, or just want something cold to drink during tailgating and football season, stop by Dane's Liquor and Wines. They have many selections of fine wines and spirits, and they're located at 10394 The Iberville Boulevard, Suite 8, or give them a call at 228-207-0528. Welcome back, everybody, to the postgame show. Uh, the stat I was trying to bring to you, it took me a minute to remember it and bring it up here. Uh, St. Martin and Harrison Central, there are our two most played rivals. Last night's game, or Friday night's game against Harrison Central was game 66 between the two teams. After Friday night's game, the Warriors hold a 37-29-1 record against the Red Rebels. And then this Friday night's game against St. Martin will be game number 62. Uh, the record in this one is 49-11-1. In those 61 games. So that was the other stat I was trying to bring to you that failed. It just, hey, what, what I've been going through, it happens every now and then, as much as I hate to say it. And we're just going to roll with it from there. So, talking about the scoreboard show and some of the other scores from around the region. And then we're also going to bring up the uh, standings in the region's as best we can here. So I'm going to start out. Obviously, we said Diarville falls to Harrison Central, 46-43. Um, another one, big one. Now, listen, I talked about this on the podcast. I hate to bring it up here because it involves a friend of mine, but and it was not much as I hate to say it. I'm going to say it. It wasn't his fault, okay? There's other people that make these decisions, unfortunately, but. I understand people want to have homecoming on certain days and certain, you know, they don't want to have it when it's hot, you know, in early September or middle September or anything like that. So, 
Sometimes the schedule just falls that way. I get it. But people that make these decisions on when the homecoming game is needs to understand that some of these people with the teams that they're playing take that very personally. And they will do damage. When I say damage to your team, I mean just beat the crap out of your team is what I mean. Now, I don't know if that's what happened in this particular situation, but for Long Beach to have Picayune for their homecoming game, oof, that's a tough one. So Maroon Tide put it on them, 42-7. to If I remember right, uh, Darrell Smith had five touchdown runs for the, for the Maroon Tide. That's one, two, three, four. Fifth for all you Chappelle Show fans out there. Um, 42-7 Marine Tide over the Bearcats. Resurrection uh, hands, hands Sacred Heart their, I believe, their first loss of the season, 34-24. Good old Catholic school rivalry game there. Uh, another one, Hancock Hawks, tough one. Started out 7-0, lost two in a row here. Pascagoula, 32-21 over Hancock. believe it was the Panthers' homecoming. Ocean Springs, 42-21 over Biloxi. I, I joked with my friend Jeff Shepard, who is the play-by-play man for the Greyhounds, and I said, "How how's it feel to have three games straight of the running clock, you know? Because Ocean Springs has been on fire here. Pounding some people right and left. And now, like they said, after their game was over, it is here now. And what they mean by that is their upcoming matchup with their former head coach, Blake Pinnock, and the Gulfport Admirals. So that's a big matchup coming up. Uh, Gulfport 42-6 to over St. Martin. Tyler Town 35 nothing over St. Patrick's. George County all over West Harrison, 54-19. Gauthier, 34-7 over the East Central Hornets. Moss Point. Moss Point might have woke up, folks. Uh, 46-13 over the Green County Wildcats. That's a tricky deal there in the 4A ranks. I'm going to try to get into it if I can. Laurel, 45-6 over Van Cleve. Popperville, 38-24 over Bay High. Uh, St. Stanislaus, 42-7 over Perry Central. Stone County, big win at home there against Wayne County, 31-23. And then the Region 3-6A matchup that's close to the heart here, 46-6. Hattiesburg over Pearl Central. So a few... A few not to be expected and, you know, a few a few of them that's just out there, you know. So, Region 4, 7A standings up to this point going in with two games to play. Gulfport Ocean Springs are sitting at 3-0. and Harrison Central's at 2-1. and Biloxi's 1-2. And, and then St. Martin D'Arville is at 0-3. So, like I said, if... I believe the matchups this week are Gulfport, Ocean Springs, St. Martin, D'Arville, Harris, Central, Biloxi. So 
Harrison Central can essentially, I believe, lock up their th- position, you know, in the playoffs by winning next week against Biloxi because that would put them at three wins. That'll that'll put three teams at three wins at least. So, and that still leaves the other three. You know, like I said, Biloxi, St. Martin, D'Arville, they're playing, they're battling for that last position, the number four position. Biloxi's in the catbird seat right now with a one and two record, but like I said, that could things could all change with this upcoming week with Harrison Central playing Biloxi and St. Martin D'Arville. Obviously, Saint, the matchup between St. Martin and D'Arville, somebody's O has to go would be the term, you know. So I'm trying to get to some more regions for you that we can talk about, y'all. It may take me a minute, so. Just bear with me here. Let's see. I'm working the old computer while we're talking here. I'm going to go off the top of my head just to get started. But obviously, Picayune is sitting at 3-0. and George County should be at 3-0. and And I believe those two teams meet this week. And then just below them, Hancock is, I mean, Pascagoula is sitting at two and one. Hancock is at one and two. And then Long Beach and West Harrison is 0 at three each. So this is very similar to how Region 4, 7A is sitting. And the fact that you got two, you know, the, the way everybody's winning and whatnot, but I believe the matchups for this week, if I remember right, Picayune plays George County, and then obviously Pascagoula has either Long Beach or West Harrison, and Hancock will have the other one is the way it's playing out. So um, big, big matchup in in Loosedale this week for the uh, Picayune-George County matchup. So far as the 5A matchups, I believe the leader on that division at the moment is – um, oh man, I'm, I'm kind of stonewalled now. I don't even know, to be honest. I'm trying to get to it, folks. I'm a little, I don't want you to say I'm unprepared because I'm busting my butt for it. Okay, here we go. Laurel and Gaucher is at 3-0 in the region. Van Cleve, Stone, Wayne County are all at 1-2. and two, And then East Central is at 0-3. So that's basically wide open except for those top two, so... A little bit to go there on that one. Um, it is kind of weird to see Laurel in there, but, you know, that's what happens when you go to 7-8 teams, folks, just so you know. I believe in the 4A region, off the top of my head, I believe Pass Christian is leading that division. Trying to get to it. That one will be. That one should be close. They should only have uh, one more district game before they start their playoff action. Um, let's see, Popperville. I'm sorry, Popperville three and zero. Pass Christian two and one. Green County, Bay, and Moss Point. Green County's one and two. Bay's one and two. Moss Point's one and three. So, one more week to go. Then they will start their, obviously, 4A, 3A, 2A start their playoffs a week earlier than 
you know, one one A, five A, six A, seven A. So uh, we're gonna stay tuned here, guys. Let me get to. Uh, we'll come back and talk about St. Martin. If I can get Coach Ladner on the phone, we're gonna talk to him. So be right back with you, folks. Hey, did you know that Mississippi Coast Auto Brokers is the fastest growing dealership on the coast? They have been serving the Gulf Coast for almost a decade with quality pre-owned vehicles. Their customer service starts when you drive into the lot and continues long after the sale is final. They have financing options that are guaranteed to get you into a vehicle that fits your needs and a price that fits your budget. They have two locations to serve you at 10276 Rodriguez Street in Diaberville. And that phone number is 228-641-4798. Also, 11477 Highway 49 in Gulfport. And that phone number is 228-875-5556. Just remember, good credit, bad credit, or funky credit, you're always approved at Mississippi Coast Auto Brokers. Get ready for an action-packed season with the D'Iberville High Warriors and David Crenning Allstate Agency, proud supporter of D'Iberville Warrior football. Just as the Warriors defend their turf, the David Crenning Allstate Agency is here to defend what matters most to you. Join the winning spirit this season. Swing by the David Crenning Allstate Agency to explore your insurance options tailored just for you. Or reach out at 228-300-4880. Remember, you're in good hands with David Crenning Allstate. Joining me now, head coach Josh Ladner. Coach, I appreciate you taking a few minutes out on your on your Sunday on your on your family time. I appreciate that. Uh, let's start off talking about uh, Friday night's game, and uh, you know we got down early, and then just proceeded to try to make our way back. That fourth quarter was big, and uh, just came up a little bit short. How did you feel overall, and how everything went? Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, you pretty much uh, hit the nail on the head. I mean, we, uh, you know, started off offensively, we were pretty um, consistent all night. Um, felt like we moved the ball well. Started off the game with a, an 11-play drive that ended in a touchdown, um, you know, mostly running the ball, which is, you know, how we want to do things. Um, you know, uh, it really came down to, um, you know, the last fourth quarter, we think with like seven minutes left in the game, we were down three scores, and, you know, our kids, you know, the way that they play, um, we play hard, you know, and uh, regardless of what the schoolboy looks like, if the kids keep fighting, they always have a chance in the end. And uh, I was proud of them for not giving up, not quitting. And in the end, we just, you know, really didn't get a whole lot of breaks. Um, couldn't, I think we attempted maybe four onside kicks, didn't get one. Um, you know, just uh, had some tough breaks, you know, really, that if any one of those things go our way, we may, uh, we may end up winning the football game, but you know that's how it goes sometimes. You know, you got to make your own breaks, and uh, we just, you know, didn't quite do that. Yeah, we had, you know, I, I felt like their quarterback, you know, did a really good job of putting the ball where he needed to on those deep passes, and you know, we just had trouble either either the receiver was behind us, or we get caught looking in the backfield, or you know, even on the one with 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 Jordan. You know, he makes a great play, but the kid's just bigger and just basically takes it from him, you know. So, I don't – overall, I think, you know, like we said, we needed a stop from defense at some point. We didn't get in until the fourth quarter. I think that's kind of was the, the the issue at the beginning. But uh, yeah. I like the I like the spunk 
You know, we never gave up. We continue to play and play and play. Kevin Rogers, I can't say enough about the kid continues to just run and yeah. run. He's like he's he's the Forrest Gump of Diaberville, if you want to say that, Coach, wouldn't you think? Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, credit to Harrison Central, you know, in a lot of ways. I mean, Coach Myers, um, those boys, uh, they had a great, you know, game plan. They knew where our weakness was, and uh, and they did a good job of um, exploiting that. You know, we got a lot of youth in the secondary, you know, because of uh, injuries and 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 so so on. So we had some guys bouncing around, and we're just trying to find the right mixture of athletes. And you know, Jordan's going to be a really great player. You know, and he is a great player. It's and he was putting himself in position, you know, to make the play. And um, I have no doubt he's going to learn from this. And, you know, and and he'll get to where he's finishing those plays off. You know, it's uh, it's just an adjustment period for him. As you know, as any freshman, you know, it, it's rare that a freshman is even playing at this point um, in seven A football. And honestly, he's playing um, at a really good level. You know, it's just about finishing the play. You know, the rest of the secondary, again, they tried their best, as you said. You know, some of it was just being undisciplined. Some of it was just that guy was better than our guy at that moment. You know, and uh, but the scheme was there, you know, it just, um, you know, and the guys were in position several times. We just didn't – one time we batted it down and went right into their hands. You know, it's just one of those things where what do you do? If the ball hits the ground in that moment, we get the ball back. But it didn't, and so it is what it is. So no yeah. excuses. You know, we just got to keep improving and do what we got to do, keep putting ourselves in position and finish it. You know, yeah. Finish the play. Now that now that you bring that up, Coach, that, that brings me back. I was just like, now that you said it, I for, totally forgot about that play where we make a good play in the end zone, bat it down, and it goes right to their guy who's literally yes. in the same area at the same time. So, But, you know, Jordan Wally, he is the future. It will come. The kid's a freshman. Yeah. It's going to take a little time, you know, obviously. Right. But I've – People have always told me he's the best of the of the brothers. To say that about a D one who has two D one brothers, that's a little bit uh, yeah. up there. But you know, we'll see. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to it. But uh, what are we thinking? What are we thinking going into this Friday night? Uh, I, I brought it up earlier when I was recording. Uh, this will be the sixty second matchup uh, between St. Martin and Diarville. Harrison Central and St. Martin are the two most played games. Harrison Central, that game uh, Friday was number 66, and we'll be playing 62 this Friday against St. Martin. What are you looking for, and what do you think is the key to winning Friday night? You know, um, the no real white, really. I mean, uh, he's a great player. Um, you know, going to um, – I don't know where he's committed. I know he's committed and decommitted. I think now maybe Ole Miss. I'm not sure, but – He's for sure going to play college football next year, and he's a special talent, you know, and I think everybody knows going into St. Martin game that he's the one that you have to keep an eye on, and uh, and, and then nothing's different this week. You know, for us, it's just, um, you know, it's defending the pass, you know, and uh, we got to figure out a way to get our guys in position uh, to make a play, and then when they get in that position, they got to make the play. So, um, you know, and that's, that's going to be what uh, – what wins and loses the ball game. We're going to do what we do offensively. Um, you know, if we hold on to the ball and execute, I feel good about it. Um, special teams has been steadily improving. I think we were 7-for-7 seven for, seven for extra points Friday night. Didn't allow a touchdown. Didn't allow anything to get blocked. So, 
Um, if they keep doing that, I think we'll have an opportunity to win the game. Um, if we can defend the pass and the secondary plays well. So that's going to be our focus. You know, got to find the right mixture of bodies and, and get them right and get them executed. So that's going to be the key Friday night. Is this is this game plan and and game going to be looking similar ahead of time to the Harrison Central game where you think we got to outscore them? Or, you know, what are you thinking on that end? I hope not. Um, I mean, I I can't say for certain, but I hope not. You know, I hope that we can make some plays, um, you know. But, uh, you know, if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. You know, we'll do whatever we have to do, you know, to, to win the football game. But, um, no, I, I, I believe in our sake. I believe in our defense. You know, I really do. And I know, you know, we they've made some mistakes. And I believe in my staff. And I believe we're going to come up with something that's going to uh, create some wrinkles and hopefully, um, you know, just get us a few stops. You know, we get uh, maybe one more stop Friday night, we win the game. Yep. You know, um, so that's kind of got to be our mindset, you know, and uh, stay positive, you know, and everybody's healthy. I mean, with, with that was it going into the game. Of course, we still don't have Marquise Washington, but um, everybody else is healthy. We don't have anybody hurt or banged up. So no excuses. Just got to show up with a good attitude. We still control our own destiny, you know. Um, you know, if we can win these last two, um, it's looking like, you know, we'll have an opportunity at the playoffs. Just got to make it happen. No doubt. Uh, I appreciate it as always, Coach, but uh, we're going to, you know, always want to throw something in off the wall at you. So here here we go. Uh, obviously, it's getting close to Halloween season. Yeah. So if you had to pick, I want you to answer. This is two questions. First question, okay. what would be the costume that you would wear? Second okay. question, if you had to pick a costume for you and your wife, what would it be? For me, um, maybe a John Cena costume. I get that a lot. So that would be an easy one. And then uh, I guess for me and my wife, uh, that's a tough one. Um, but, you know, she um, she could be, uh, I don't know, that's a really, that's a tough one. She could be. Um. Hmm. Oh, that's a tough one, Jeremy. I'm not really sure. Could you give me some ideas or some options? Well, uh, the the reason I brought it up is because we went to a a Halloween themed drawdown last night, and my wife and I, you know, we went with we went with today's hot couple, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. <laughs> you know. Man, you got You got to get you. You wow. got to get you. You got to get you a fake mustache. Yes. You know, but other than that, yes. You know. Well, you know that's you're a lot more creative than I am, so I don't. Well, I'm gonna credit. The, I'll, I'll credit that one to my wife because uh, she she's the one brought it up. She's a big she's a big Swifty, shall they say, as they say. But uh, uh, you know. Okay. But I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna play you something since you since you brought it up. We'll finish it up with this if it'll come through. There okay. we go. Since you said it, okay. You can't see me. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it, Coach, but I got John Cena. You can't I see can me playing it. through here, so okay. That's the way there we're gonna go. finish it. Coach, be dressed up as John Cena, the the fourteen time, I believe, WWE champ. Coach, I appreciate yeah. it. And uh, I always thank you, and I'm looking forward to see you Friday night, buddy. 
Yes, sir. Have a good evening. The Next Level Performing Arts Studio is celebrating 20 years of excellence in performing arts education. Founded in 2004 by the Iberville alumni Jennifer Crone Densing, TNL offers dance, music, after-school arts programs, and more. Register now to be a part of their 20th anniversary season. Classes are open to girls and boys ages 2 and up, and beginners are always welcome. Find them on Facebook or give them a call at 396-2901 and take your performance to the next level. Hockey fans, Seawolves Action is back at the Mississippi Coast Coliseum November 18th. Head to our website, MississippiSeawolves.com, or call our office today, 228-999-8333. If you're looking for that cool Seawolves merch, head to SeawolvesMerch.com and check out our online store today offering great merchandise deals. Thank you to the Talking Ball Podcast, official partners of the Mississippi Seawolves. Welcome everybody back to the post game show. We're going to give a little preview here coming up against St. Martin, uh, or as I like to call it, I call it the Kyle Bowl. And what I mean by the Kyle Bowl is both the trainers for St. Martin and Diarville. Both are named Kyle. They both are very friendly with each other. They know each other, and I'm, you know, I'm. I can. I'm not. I'm good. I. I guess I could call both of them friends of mine. So, you know, I always say the Diarville St. Martin game is the Kyle Bowl, and I'm gonna call it that from now on. So, as long as these two are trainers here on both teams, uh, Kyle Checky for Diarville, Kyle Strunk for Di for St. Martin, two really good guys. Uh, two really good guys with with new with you know younger. They have both have two bo- baby boys that are you know fairly young. I want to say Strunk's ba- son is about I don't know one and a half, two maybe somewhere in that range, and then Kyle Checky's son is somewhere in that a little bit younger phase than that. But it's just a neat little you know deal that connects the two of them, but. St. Martin comes into the game. They're having a little bit of a rough season. 0-8 on the season, 0-3 in the district. They have scored 133 points and given up 314 points. It averages out, I want to say, to around 38 points a game on defense. Um, offense, you know, stat-wise is, is fairly balanced. They have 1,029 yards passing. 11 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, and then on the rushing on the ground, they have 1,069 yards with 8 touchdowns, averaging about 262 yards per game. Now, obviously, first player that's going to jump out at you, you know, if anybody's related or anybody been around Diarville or on the coast, first name jumps out on you when it comes to St. Martin is Noriel White, number 7. He's a four-star recruit. Uh, he's been linked to a whole bunch of places, but recently has said he's going to go to uh, Ole Miss. So, kid started out. You know, he's probably the, he is their best athlete. They started him out at quarterback just to try to, 
you know, get things moving, but that didn't really work. So they have since moved him back to his wide receiver position. And then they've kind of rotated through uh, a couple quarterbacks. They've actually played four different people at quarterback this season. So Coach Ty Smith's trying to get it figured out, you know, and, and get it moving. You know, on offense, you got Noriel White running a good bit. Kevion Wells, Ty Kevion Wells is another guy that rushes the ball a good bit. Uh, on on the rece- on the receiving portion, you're looking at number six and number seven, which is Montclair Brave and Noriel White. The two running backs that I was referring to is White is number seven, obviously, and Wells is number five. Um, so far as the defense, uh, I know Gal- Gavin Allen's a, is a is a pretty is a pretty good player there on the defense. One of the linebackers, he's number four. Uh, you know, it's going to be one of those type of Diarville St. Martin games. You know, nothing's going to be given to us. Uh, we're going to have to play and continue to play and not let up. You know, we're going to have to play defense and put. We need to play defense and score and put the pressure on the yellow jackets because they're they're they don't have anything to lose. They're they haven't won a game. They're sitting 0 three in the district and they're playing their, their rivals. So they don't have anything to lose, you know, but they still have that outside chance of, of winning two games and making the playoffs possibly. So it's gonna be an uphill battle for for both squads, I believe. But, you know, it will be a good game. There's no doubt about that. I mean, when you see two teams, one defense gives up an average of 38 and another defense gives up an average of 40, uh, what does that tell you? So we may see a, lar- we may see a large number. If, uh, if you're a bet man, I would take the over for the first half and the over for the game. I don't know where you would get the numbers for that, but – it's going to be a wild one. It's at Joe Barlow Stadium, a.k.a. what some people call the Hive. I don't know whether that's still viable or not, but I'm looking forward to seeing a few familiar faces around there. And, uh, you know, this is the closest ride from my house, so I can't beat that whatsoever. It's about a five, ten-minute ride up the street. So I appreciate y'all tuning in. We'll see you Friday night at, at Joe Barlow Stadium for the Yellow Jackets versus the Warriors. And we'll see you next Friday, next Saturday slash Sunday for the Diarville Warrior Post Game Show. Jeremy Foran signing out. Peace.